Amen. Let's open up our Bibles, get in the Word. Going to be um, continuing the, the series, Year of Expansion. Isn't that such a great, powerful word for the 2016? Uh, open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. God is good. The Word of the Lord says this. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him named Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. If you have your Bibles, go back and underline this. It says, Because I bore him in pain, his mother called his name Jabez, or his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. Please underline that or mark that in your notes. God is good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you brought us all together here for a, a, a reason, God, that it wasn't an accident that we're here, but you did it on purpose. Thank you, Father, that you have a set time, Jesus, for us to receive this word, that our ears are open. Our hearts are ready to receive. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that if anybody has burdens, God, that they're loosed in the name of Jesus, that any issues or pain, God, just go to you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we will not let anything hinder us from receiving the word tonight. We just praise you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say amen. Amen. So, so um, expansion, the year of expansion. And tonight I'm going to be talking about how or why or what God does to make our name great that God wants to expand our name. Tell your neighbor God wants to expand your name. Yes, the definition of expansion is the action of becoming larger or being more extensive. And I know that God wants to do that, not just for us and our finances, not with our families, not with our churches, but also with our name, that our name should be and will be great in the name of Jesus. Great means that it's remarkable, that it's a, it, it's, it's a higher magnitude, it's more effective. God wants our name to be great. He wants us to be effective people of God in the kingdom of God. He wants us to be effective in the world in which we live in. He wants us to have more influence. So when I'm talking about making our name great, please don't get it confused with what the world would say as far as making your name popular. Because you know popularity is very different than greatness. Popular just means a whole bunch of people know you, praise the Lord. And usually when you're the popular one, remember back in school, when you were the popular one, it was pretty, it was uh, not always for your best character traits. Can I get an amen? <laughs> usually people that were popular were the ones that got into it. Now, none of us did that here because we were the nerds in school, right? Okay, but you know what I mean. The popular ones were the ones that got in trouble, that had a, had a um, rebellious edge, that, that, you know, were maybe more um, flirtatious or active than others. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll just leave it at that. But we, so we, it's not about being popular. It's not about how many people know us or who wants to get to know us or, or being famous. We don't care about being famous, right? But we do want to make sure that our name is great in the kingdom of God, meaning that our name has, there's some effectiveness to our name. Um, we, we, we don't want to always be known by what we do, but we do want to be known by who we serve. So, 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 of course, to start this out, you know there's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus is the mighty high name. We all know that, right? 
Um, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. You know, today in people, we're given three names when we're born. We're giving our first name, which our parents choose, um, our surname, which is our last name or our family name, and then, of course, the name that we make for ourselves by how we live, our character, and what we do. So we have three names in this life. We have a name that our mom or dad gives us. Some of you don't understand why you're named the name you are. For years, I did not understand why my parents named me Kelly. I don't feel like I look like a Kelly. Right? You can be honest. I, I, never, I, I, I had a problem with my name for a long time because I didn't feel it fit me. I don't know what fit me, but I liked Michelle. You know, I, I, I feel like a Michelle. In fact, people that meet me for the first time, Pastor can attest to this, they call me Michelle. So, Mom, you missed it. So I, I'm Kelly. It was either Kelly or Tiffany. Either way, I was going to be jacked. Praise the Lord, okay? So, but, but I didn't like my name. But God knew what my name was going to be, just like God knew what your name was going to be. But even before that or beyond that, God knew that my name would be changed to Steele. Now, Kelly Steele sounds like a good name. Amen. Sounds like I could do something. Praise the Lord. And then, but, but even more than that, more than Kelly Steele, what's more important is who I am, my character, what I do, who I serve, Right? Um, when people hear my name, I want them to know that, this, that, that that name is attached to a woman of strength, a woman of courage, a woman of integrity, right? When, when, when people hear your name, you want it to be attached to something, that you're a good Christian or a good mom or you're a woman that will fight for their kids in a good way, praise the Lord, right? Um, uh, be, uh, to be, to be a, good, a good name. It's important to have a name. Of course, today, a lot of us uh, parents don't give much thought to names, praise the Lord. In biblical days, they used to wait almost five years to give a child a name because they wanted to make sure that the name matched the character. Even when some people are born, they think it's strange to wait some time. I think it's good to wait some time to really pray about what the name's going to be because names matter. We shouldn't make up names like Windexia and things like that, okay? The name should have purpose. And the reason why names should have purpose is because a name ultimately gives you value. What you're called is equated to the value or who you are, or either there's a value system in your identity. Why do you think you may go to the left if someone calls you out your name? It's because they're not calling on who you are, but they're actually putting down your identity. They're saying that you're less than. They're saying that you're some other stuff, you know, animals and stuff. <laughs> Don't call me out my name. Can I get an Amen. Like, like, like it, 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 you can call me anything else, but do not call me out of my name. Do not take my identity away. Do not strip who I am and who I've been called to be. My name is my identity. Again, I don't want to be known what I, what I do, but I want to be known by whom I serve. There are people today in this world that are very famous or popular, and one in particular, a beautiful woman that is known by what she did. It was a video, praise the Lord. She's known by what she, can I get an amen? You all know that name, right? She's known by what she did. But see, now, I, I don't, I'm sure she regrets being known by what she did. She'd rather be known by what she stands for or who she stands with. But we as Christians, we don't want to be known by what we do. We want to be known by who we serve. It's not about we, what we do. It's not about our actions. It's not about our accomplishments. It's about the one that we serve, that Jesus Christ is the name above all names, and that is who we all serve. So, of course, the name of Jesus, you know, there's purpose in the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, Philippians 2, 9 and 11 says this. It says, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. 
that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The scripture does not say that at the image of Jesus, everyone shall bow. It doesn't say in the presence of Jesus, and we thank God for his presence, but the word is clear. It says at the name of Jesus. His name is powerful enough that we, everybody, everyone on the earth, living or living before, under the earth, on the earth, will confess that Jesus is Lord. The name of Jesus will be confessed. Amen? So there's purpose in his name. And of course, there's power in his name. Um, John 16, 23 through 24 says, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever ask, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Whatever you ask my Father in my name, he will give you. Whatever you ask my Father in my name, he will give you. Do you realize, people of God, and we preach and teach this, that if you just ask in the name of Jesus, that he will make things happen for you. If you say, God, in the name of Jesus, what am I doing? I'm calling on the authority. I'm calling on the character. I'm calling on the power of the God we serve by saying, in the name of Jesus. You're saying, God, you are the God of prosperity. You are the God of more than enough. You are the God of healing. In your name, Jesus, I'm going to ask for this because I'm not calling on you, but your name is great enough to know what it fulfills and what it stands for. That's why we should get upset if people use the name of Jesus in vain, or if they say his name in a derogatory manner. You should get upset because they don't even realize they are teasing and playing with the power of God. And I don't know about you, but I've seen God do amazing things in my life by saying, in Jesus' name. I'm believing for restoration in Jesus' name. I'm believing for healing in Jesus' name. I'm believing for prosperity in Jesus' name. I'm believing for expansion in Jesus' name. In your character, God, because you don't fail. You keep promises. Amen. And of course, that leads me to the promise of the name of Jesus. Acts 2 and 21 says, And it, will sh it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look at this, people of God. It was you calling on the name of the Lord. It wasn't you confessing your fault. It wasn't you confessing your sin. It wasn't you laying on the altar and crying, although that's great to do. It wasn't you feeling guilty about what you've done. It was the name of Jesus. You called on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, he has to respond. And that's why you are saved today. Because somewhere in your heart or in your mind, you called his name. If you confess with your mouth, what? Jesus. And believe in your heart. Thou shalt be saved. Come on and give the name of Jesus praise in this house. Whoever calls on the name, it's all in the name. So names matter to Jesus and matters to God. It should matter to us that our names are supposed to be great, that God's going to make our name great because we serve a God that has a great name, right? Do you understand? Jesus is the most well-known name on the earth. Can I get an amen? And so that same greatness should be reflected in our lives. Genesis 12, 1 and 3 says this, talks about why our name is great, because of the covenant promise. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Come on, church, you know the scripture here at Kingdom. Get from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. 
And this, and I will make you a great name. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And all the families in the earth shall be blessed. Praise the Lord God, right? All those are great covenant promises, but one of those promises is I will make your name great. I will expand your name. I will make your name effective. I will make the character of who you are make a difference in the world that we are in. Psalm 105, 8 and 11, I'm just laying a foundation. Psalm 105, 8 and 11 says, He remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham. So I'm just proving a point, church, that it is our covenant right that our name should be great, should be extensive, should be effective, should be expanded, okay? So when God changes a person's name, you realize that he's trying to establish a new identity in that person. How many of you here have uh, experience where God maybe changed your name? Now, I'm not saying actually changed your name, and, but spiritually changed your name. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 it might not have been a sound, but it was more of a feeling. It was more of a, I'm not that person anymore. I really don't identify with that person anymore. It, it really wasn't an actual, I didn't have to go to the, um, to get a birth certificate change, but the Holy Spirit changed who I was and changed my character. And so I don't really fit into that person I used to be anymore. That's what I'm talking about, a spiritual name change. Um, it's happened all the time that, that the Lord would actually change people's names. Um, how about this, Genesis 7 and 17 and 5. God changed Abram's name, which means high father, to Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. It says here, Genesis 17, 5, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you should be called Abraham, because I've made you father of many nations. I'm just proving the point how God changes names, people of God. Genesis 17, 15, and 16 says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah is to be her name. And I will bless her, also giving a son, and then I'll bless her, and she'll be a mother of all the nations. So basically, God intervenes and interrupts our world and says, I know what you were called, but I'm going to call you something else. You all know the story about God changing Jacob's name. Jacob, of course, meaning trickster, supplanter. We know that story. And then, of course, God changed his name to Israel, saying that you are with God. You have the power of God. And that's because Israel actually struggled with God because he wanted a name change. Now, see, it's different from having your name changed by God than you asking God to change your name. I don't know. I think most of us here didn't even realize that, but we actually wanted God to change our name. We wanted him to change who we were and how we felt and what we did. We all had a struggle at some point with the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? That you were wrestling back and forth with him, and you didn't know really what you were fighting, but you realized the whole time you were fighting you. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Somebody say fight club. Hallelujah. You know, it's true. If, you, if you've ever seen that movie, it's a big fight with that person's self, and that's exactly what happens. If it hasn't happened, it should happen this year because you're going to expand. The old you needs to break off. You need to become new in Christ. Amen? It says this. It says, trickster, Genesis 32, 28. God said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Praise God. Of course, he changed Simon's name. You know this. It was Simon, which is unstable, to Peter, which is rock. Any unstable people in the house? You know, that, that Jesus had to remind you who you were. And the great thing about the Lord is that anytime Peter got unstable, Jesus referred back to him as Simon. And then in the next sentence would say, Peter. So, okay, you're being the old man. I need you to be the new man, okay? And doesn't God talk to us like that? 
He will talk to us in ways that maybe we're not receptive way back then because we're reverting back to who we were. But then it snaps us back into reality and says, wait, that is no longer my name. God's given me a new name, right? I'm no longer unstable. I am solid as a rock. Praise God. So why did God change new names for people? You know, the Bible doesn't tell us why or how. We don't know. But, but, but the, new, the new name is God's divine way to know that there's plan and purpose for your life. And so I was praying and preparing for this message. I really feel strong in my spirit that this year, 2016, that God is going to expand all of us here under the teaching of the word that stay planted in the house, that begin to flourish. And I'm talking planted, stability, planted in the house, that you are going to begin to flourish. Your name will be made great in the name of Jesus. God is going to expand your name, not your family name, not your first name, but the name of who you are in Christ. You are a man and a woman of God. He has called you by name. Can I get an amen? And he has set you apart. He has brought you up higher. He has said, listen, you are to be the one that are, is going to represent me. You are going to be the one that is going to go forth and speak a word, and that word will come to pass. I believe that more power is going to come in this house like ever before, that we are going to be able to speak a thing, and it will happen, because in the name of Jesus, it has to. I believe that we are going to say, I know I'm sick today, but I'm healed in the name of Jesus. No more toiling with this sickness any longer. I know what the doctor said, but I serve a God who specializes in healing people. I know that God can do it. I'm going to expand my faith. I'm going to expand my expectation. I know that God is going to do for real, exceedingly, abundantly above, more than I could ever ask or think. God is going to expand me, not to make me great, but to make his name. That is above all names great. Hallelujah. So how does God want to expand your name? How does he want to expand your name? Here's my first point, people of God. He wants you to have more influence. He's going to expand your name because he wants you to have more influence. We, the church, we as individuals are going to have more influence, meaning we're going to be more effective and we're going to become who we are supposed to be in Christ. We're going to have more influence. Um, influence means the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. That, that's influence. Um, influence is the capacity to have an effect on character, development, or behavior of someone or something. It's the very effect itself. When you have influence, people around you begin to change into the image of Christ who you represent. Your influence begins to rub off on those that don't even want it to be rubbed off on. Can I get an amen? Influence. When you're at work, people have no idea why they like sitting by you, but for some reason, they just like your vibe or your energy. Come on. They have no idea it's the Holy Ghost flowing through you. That, that's influence. Um, when, when you're talking to somebody that you didn't even know was paying attention to you, and they tell you, I was feeling really bad about myself, but I heard what you said at work one day, and I feel like I can make it. I just feel better. That's influence. And I believe God's going to put us in arenas where our influence needs to stand strong. Let me help you. There's an arena every day when you go home at your house. How many of you have neighbors? Well, there's your influence right there. Praise God. People should know in your neighborhood that you are saved and that you're born again and that there's prayer coming from that house. 
Amen. When, okay, when we had that terrible incident happen, 9-11, it was terrible, and it was horrible, right? Remember, we were all shocked, and we all thought it was over. Listen, I did. I thought the Armageddon is here. We're getting raptured up in about 50 minutes. It's a wrap. It's over, right? But when that was happening, Pastor and I were sitting in our house trying to comfort our children, and little by little, people started coming to our door. Neighbors coming to our door, people we'd never even talked to, knocking on the door, wanting to know what is going on. And pleasing, and always said, well, Jesus is Lord, and he's good, and we're going to trust God. And we're as scared as they are, but when you've got Jesus on your side, people want to know, what are we going to do? And we said, we're going to trust God, and we're going to pray, and we shall live and not die. Come on. We're going to fight in the name of Jesus, and we're going to stand strong as a nation, and we'll get through this. And I'm scared to death, but I'm speaking faith. And when you have influence, people will come looking. They think for you, but they're looking for the Jesus that is inside of you. They're looking for the Holy Ghost that's inside of you. They're looking for the power of God that's inside of you. That's the kind of influence I'm talking about. The kind of influence that they know. They may never talk to you, but they know if they need a prayer, they know exactly who to go to. I don't really talk to you that much, but my mama's sick. Okay, in the name of Jesus, Father God, you are a healer. And we believe right now in the name of Jesus that mama will live. And thank you for the healing in Jesus' name. And then you back it up. Tell me when it's done. See, that's influence. Come back and tell me when it's done because I'm believing God's going to do it. That our God will save and he will heal and he will restore and he will deliver. And I'm so confident. Come back and tell me when it happens. Influence, effective, influence. Matthew 5, 13 and 16 says that we are to be salt and light, people of God. Not hidden up under a bushel and hid up under what we're afraid that people are going to say or think about us. No, no, no. It's time for us to be salt. And here's the best thing about salt. You don't need that much to make a difference. If you put too much salt on it, no one wants to eat it. Oh, that's a word for someone in the house. I, I know your I know your Holy Ghost saved, and you let I know it, and you've been speaking in tongues as you were four, and you got the answer, and you're gonna save the office. But let me tell you this: if you're too salty, nobody will like you, and nobody will want to taste and see if the Lord is good. Because every time I take a bite of you, I've got to get a gallon of water because you dehydrate me with all of your religion and all of your uh, your Pharisee spirit. I can't stand it. It's not refreshing, it's draining. Pastor and I went to the uh, championship game and we were having a good time, we we're excited. And we're walking up to the, we're walking up to the uh, stadium and I heard Jesus. Isn't it amazing how you can hear the name of Jesus? Like as a saved one, you can just hear Jesus' name. And I told him, oh, I hear his name, someone's preaching. I hear his name. So we walk up and there's a person on the intercom telling all of us that enter the Cardinal Stadium that we're going to hell and we're gonna burn. You're going to burn in hell, and you're evil, and you got not, not even turn from your wicked ways. You're evil. You're going to burn in hell, and hell is coming, and you got you to you turn. You got you to be, be holy and all this. And I, here I am, the pastor of a church, looking at him like, um, I'm pretty certain, sir, I'm not going to go to hell because I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And just because I'm at a football game doesn't mean that I'm worshiping men. I, I'm just entertaining myself. It's just, it's just strictly entertainment, bro, right? But, I, but I'm, and, then, and then I got people walking behind me making fun of Jesus now. 
Now they're making fun of him. And now they're saying, oh, and this one guy's like, oh, man, he made me lose my buzz. And another guy's like, now I'm feeling all guilty. He's just cussing up a storm. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's not who we're supposed to be. It would have been better if he was on the corner. Hey, do you know, Jesus loves you, and Jesus is going to give you a second chance, and Jesus can restore you. And no matter what you do, Jesus still loves you because he knew you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knows who you are. He doesn't give up on you. In fact, he's married to you. If you're backslidden, he's chasing after you. He's waiting like the father, looking for the man to come to himself and come back on home. Th th this is the message of being salt. But that man made me so salty. I was like, man, you're just bad representation. Praise the Lord. Give me the microphone, the megaphone. <laughs> Let me fix this. It says we're going to be salt and we're supposed to be light. We're the light. We're the light of the world. The light. We should be the light. We should be the people that make the difference. We should be different. We should be light. People should not be able to have darkness around you because they don't even realize it, but they respect the God in you. That's called the influ having the influence. They, they can't say the jokes around you. When I used to work in the secular world, they'd say, oh, we can't say those jokes around Kelly. Yeah, because it's not funny to me. And, and, and guess what? I didn't even tell them not to. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to wear a banner. I'm saved and holy and don't, you know. Nope. They just knew not to. Because whether they know it or not, they're honoring the God in you. By how you live, what you say, what you hope for. Oh, I'm praying in Jesus' name. Oh, well, praise God. Isn't that, is, if you could just say that at work when something good happens, praise God. Don't be ashamed to say that. Praise the Lord. It's Christianese to the world. Like, praise who? Oh, I'm just praising God. I praise him for everything. I'm not feeling good. I have a headache, but praise God. My kids are acting up. Praise the Lord. You know, they're alive. The word says um, give praise in all things, right? So praise him. Amen. I'm praising the God all the time. Be salt and light. That's how we are influencers. Amen. And then God wants to expand your name, church. He wants to expand you by expanding your effectiveness. Meaning that when you're, uh, have you being ready for service or action, this is my favorite um, uh, definition of effective, to be able to produce results. This year, we need to be able to produce results. In other words, let's not just talk it. Let's be about it. Amen. We're, we're going to make some things happen in the kingdom of God. Uh, James 5.16 says this, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Meaning that when we pray, people of God, we are effective. Things happen. Results have to occur when we pray. Praise God. That's why I love when pastor said this Sunday, we don't need to be shocked when God does things for us anymore. Not saying that we're not thankful, but I'm talking about what? You know, it should be like, okay, yep, about time, Lord. Amen. Come on. Some of us, about time, Jesus. You know, we should be expecting God to do it in our lives. And we're not being um, arrogant or we're not being selfish or we're not being ungrateful. We're just being expected people to know that God's going to do it for us. Amen. It's kind of like when your husband comes home from work. You expect him to come home from work, right? You don't want to be like, oh, my God, y'all, your daddy came home. My God in heaven, won't he do it? He's here. Now, there was a time where it was like that in my life, praise the Lord. But we didn't know Jesus and all that. But once you know him, you, know, you should expect your husband to come home at night after work. Ladies, amen. Men, okay. <laughs> expect it, expect it. But here, but here it is, James 5, 16. Confess your trespasses one to another. 
Do you see when we choose not to confess our shortcomings, how it affects our effectiveness? Does it say this? James 5.16, confess your trespasses one to another. Okay, like Pastor said earlier, I'm hemorrhaging. I've got an issue. Okay, I'm going to confess that to you. Then we're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for one another and that we may be healed from what is causing us to um, mess up or miss the mark or fall behind or sin, whatever you want to call it. And then it says the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. It's effective. I'm seeing more and more in the body of Christ that people that live for Jesus and love Jesus, and I'm talking especially leaders that are leading people um, in in churches and ministries that for whatever, whatever reason the enemy is convincing them not to tell on themselves. And when you don't tell on yourself, you continue the behavior. But if we could just find somebody that we can confess, I'm, I'm messing up. I have an issue. I've got an addiction. I've got a problem. I know I'm preaching and teaching, but something's wrong with me. But we don't want to do that because we're the leaders and we're the ones that have to look strong and we can't look weak. And let me tell you this, I thank God that we serve a pastor that if there were an issue, he would be quick to confess it to the right person. Praise the Lord and get some prayer and get healed. I know I have people in my life that if I'm having a struggle, I can go to right now and confess my problem and get it healed up. Why? Because I want my prayers to be effective. I want, to be effect I want my prayer life to be effective. How, wh why does it mess up the effectiveness? How can you pray to God for something and you can't believe for yourself? I'm going to say that again. How can you pray to God for God to do something for someone else, and you don't even believe it for you. There's no effectiveness. You have zero faith because you're not even believing for you. Amen? Effective, effective. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9 says this, For a great effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And I'm just throwing this scripture in here because, again, I'm believing God by faith that we're going to be more effective this year in 2016. And as we're more effective, we're going to have more opportunities, and doors are going to be open to us, and more people are going to come into our lives because when God expands you and makes you great, that's just how it works. And an effective door opens. But don't be surprised if the people that you thought loved you all of a sudden turn on you you and start to treat you funny and not talk to you like they used to and start to look at you. Who does she think she is? Thinking she's all that about that expansion and she thinks she's all big and bad. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how you, when you get healed and delivered, you find out real quick who is for you and who's against you? You find out real quick. So as you're moving forward in this word, please know that as the doors are opening for you, that there's going to be some opposition that comes. There's going to be some, um, just some, some spiritual static in your world that comes. But don't worry about it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't worry about it. Be strong and be bold and be courageous. Again, I say be strong. Don't worry about it. What can man do to you? Nothing. You serve Jesus. You serve God. He is for you, not against you. And of course, my last point, how God's going to expand us, is he's going to allow us to become a new creature of Christ. And realize this, people of God, once you get saved, it is a continual process. Nobody gets saved and that's it. You should always be coming new. You should, how about this? You should always be dying daily. You don't just die one time a year and that's it. Oh my gosh, can you just imagine if you said, oh, I just died, I died last year to that, Lord. No, maybe you're stronger than me, but there's things I have to die to every day. Every, sometimes every hour, come, praise the Lord, depending where I am at that moment. There's things I have to die to. There's things I want to do that I have to die to. 
Um, the fast, isn't it the fast? It's amazing how when you're fasting, you, you realize there's things you still have to die to. I had made some mistakes with pastor as a wife and kind of just going my own way because you might not believe this, but I was the biggest Jezebel in the world, praise the Lord. I was just a controlling, out of control, I'm not going to say the name because I'm in the name, but I, I was outrageously crazy, controlling. Don't cross me. I will never let you forget it. I will hunt you down and get you back. It could be years. I'm going to get you, and I'll never forgive you. I will always have a grudge against you, and I will really hate for your downfall. I'm confessing my fault, you guys. That's who I used to be. So that, that spirit of control, woman of God, tries to creep back up sometimes, especially when you're fasting. So something happened where I did something without asking permission. Now, this is old school, okay, but that's how we, that's how we roll in my house. I submit to my husband. I can't just go out and do stuff and just, surprise. Look what I bought today. I did go shopping today, though, by the way. But I'm, talk I'm talking major life-changing purchases. Come on. I'm talking things that make a difference, okay, that's going to affect your bank account and affect your lifestyle, those sort of things. You don't just make those decisions, right, woman of God? You don't just say, I'm going on a trip with my girlfriends and then talk to nobody. No, you leave your parents and you get another parent, your, your daddy. <laughs> That's marriage ministry. You're, you're, help me, Jesus, fix that. Um, submission. It's submission. Women, we, we have it. We have it a little because we have to remain submitted. You want to know why? Because we hate, we hate it. We hate it. We hate submitting. Who loves to submit to your husband? Okay, praise the Lord. Marcella, I love you and your twins. You know, and that's because he's a great man of God, right? Loving, caring, understanding. To the rest of us, though. Because we have opinions and we have ideas, and for the most part, we're right. You see, he's laughing very hard on the front row. But you have to learn how to maneuver and how to do stuff. And so anyways, I did something where I just made a move, and it was a little manipulative, and I didn't ask. And so as I'm sitting there trying to justify what I'm trying to do, and I hear it in his voice that he's giving in to me, woman of God, praise the Lord. They give in, don't they? Not what he wants, but he's giving in to me. I realized, wait, this is, this is the old, this is the old. Remember expansion? Remember last week I told you when we're expanding, the enemy wants you to revert back? Remember, remember the word expansion means don't back, don't, uh, what is it, don't, don't turn around or don't back up, right? And here it is in my character trying to back up. So I had to call pastor, and I called him back, and I said, you know what, honey, I'm wrong for what I did. I should have asked you. I didn't ask you, and I didn't ask your permission, and I was wrong for that. And I just want to tell you right now, I am sorry. Now, you guys don't think it's a big deal, but this is an earth-shattering miracle in my life from who I used to be. The angels are singing, glory's falling from the sky, okay? <laughs> and of course, pastor says, honey, thank you for owning that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I said, okay, praise the Lord. I'm putting back what I was going to get, and I'm coming home. He said, amen. That was it. Praise God. Okay? Praise the Lord. But see, but see, it's becoming a new creature. I'm your pastor and had that struggle Saturday. But I owned it, and I'm becoming a new creature. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, oops, can't go back there. I'm becoming a new creature. Never think you've arrived. The moment you think you arrived, watch what happens. Pride comes before the fall, the Word of God says. Please don't ever think that you have achieved some spiritual level. So let's look at Jabez. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, it says this. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And I'm closing. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. I'm going to stop right there. His mother, his mother named the son, because I bore you in pain, your name is Jabez. Her, the mother named her son after an experience. And we know, moms, we should never name our children after an experience, especially a traumatic experience. Most of the time when we give birth, we forget like an hour later. Can I get an amen? We totally forgot how our body just blew up and exploded, right? We forget how that happened because we got the baby, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. But remember, I told you in the beginning that in this time, people waited at least five days to name their child. Five days later, she said, this brother gave me some pain. Therefore, his name is Jabez. He was named after experience. But the word says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, which tells me that the mom must have changed her opinion and realized that she gave her son an unfair tag an unfair description, and I believe she spent a lot of time with this boy and told him about the Lord that we serve, told him about the God of Israel. I believe that she imparted into him in spite of how he did her. Isn't that how we're supposed to be people of God? No matter how people treated us or no matter how bad the experience was, we still should be salt and light and give people truth. Amen? And, and so here it is, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. How many of us want a blessing? Yes, bless me indeed. Without, there's nothing wrong with that. Covenant promise, bless me indeed. Give me prosperity, give me success. That's what bless means. Bless me indeed. And then he says, um, and, and enlarge my territory. Remember last week? You know, the bigger the stakes, the bigger the rope, the bigger the tent. We're going to get some big stakes and some big rope because we're having a big tent that's going to bless not just me or my family, but everybody around me is going to be able to get under this tent of blessing. Enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me. Aren't you, don't you think, God, that God's hand is on us here right now? That his, anybody ever felt that, that you woke up and you just felt the hand of God on you? That he was just pleased with you and just was with you? And then it says this, and that you would keep me from evil, praise the Lord. And here's the best part, people of God, that I may not cause pain. Jabez was named because you caused me pain. But Jabez said, listen, bless me. Give me territory. Increase my tent. Enlarge me, God. Make me better so I may not cause pain. In other words, he's saying, God, deliver me from myself. Oh, come on. His name meant pain. And he knew who he was and what he caused and what he had a tendency to do. But he said, oh, God, if you would just bless me and change my circumstances and change my opinion and change my surroundings and let me deliver me from me. Now, see, this is where it comes to the rubber getting to the road. Because he was like, listen, I know I'm a mess and I know what I'm capable of. Anybody here know what you're capable of? But you don't want to do that anymore. So at some point in your walk of life, you need to say, God, I need you to deliver me from myself. I need
need you to take my life and make it your life. God, there's things in me I do not like. God, I need to give that over to you, and I want to be delivered, not just for a month, not just for a few weeks, but God, I'm talking permanently delivered from what I was named to be. I am not that same person anymore. I've got a new name in you in Jesus' name. Ephesians 4, 21 and 24 says, If indeed you have heard him, Jesus, and been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Jabez's prayer was right here. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. Be with me. Keep me from evil. So I won't do what I started my life out doing. We have to have that same attitude, people of God. Bless me, God. Enlarge me. Give me more influence, God. But not just to have it, Father. I don't want to be who I was. I don't want to be what the devil intended me to be. I don't want that generational curse to continue in my family. I, I want it to stop in the name of Jesus. I don't want another teenage mom pregnant or a son that has four different kids by four babies' mamas. I, I don't want to keep on accepting welfare, God. Get me out the system, Jesus. I don't want to have a job for one year and not a job for another year. God, give me stability, Father. God, I want to have stability in my life, God. I'm tired of the enemy coming in my home and breaking things up. And every three months, me and my husband are at each other's throats. We rebuke and bind that spirit in Jesus' name, God. I don't want to be divorced like my mom and my grandma and my great-great-grandma. Come on, it's time for us to say, God, change me. Change the intention that, God had, that the enemy had over me, God. And allow me to change my conduct and be what I was created to be. God, expand me. Expand me so far that I can't even see who I was. Mm. Remove me so far away from me that I don't remember how she used to talk. And I don't remember what she used to do. And I don't remember what she used to say. I don't remember things I did. Anybody have a relapse? You didn't even remember you did that? And someone brought you a memory and you said, I did that? And you can't, because God heals you. When God gets a hold of you, he begins to delete things in your memory. He begins to delete things in your mind because you put on the mind of Christ and you become new. So your name will expand and your name will become great. I, I prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus. Your name will become great. Your name will be impactful in the name of Jesus. Not your name, name, but who you are in Christ. It will be. You will be remarkable in the name of Jesus. People will remember your prayers. They'll remember your faith. They'll remember how you toiled. They'll remember what you said and it came to pass. They'll remember. You will be effective in the name of Jesus. Anything, everything you touch will be blessed in Jesus' name. Oh, that's a bold prayer. Everything you touch will be blessed in Jesus' name. That company is blessed because you're there in Jesus' name. The neighborhood is blessed because you're there in Jesus' name. Everything you put your hand to will succeed in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel that strong on my spirit, church. Let's just go in right there. Everything we, oh God, thank you, Father, that everything we touch, God, success is attached to it. Father, I thank you, God, that this is a bold prayer. But by faith, God, we are believing that there will be testimony after testimony after testimony that success will come on every level in the 
of Jesus in not just our lives, but our children's lives and our everybody attached, attached to us will find success. And Father, I thank you for more influence. And God, thank you for the opportunity. We will not miss the opportunities to be influencers. That God, you are prompted by your Holy Spirit. You'll say, speak to that person. God, we will not be afraid, but we will go to them and we will just speak the word of the Lord. And it will not be too salty in the name of Jesus. It will be just right. God, show us how to minister to people, Father. Show us what to say to people that may not believe in you. God, help us not freak them out, Father. But allow them to draw closer to you, Jesus. I'm thankful, God, for a healthy church, an effective church, a church full of, full of people that influence those. Not to make us famous, Jesus, but to make your name famous. If you believe that word, come on, give him a hand, praise. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, we can do better than that. We're, come on. Share it, get 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 it, get